0: Welcome to the BJJ Counselor Podcast. I'm your host, Bakaria Kill. Alright guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's the end of the year, and I just wanted to close out talking about a few issues. This year has been a great year for Jiu-Jitsu, but it's also been a sad year as well for Jiu-Jitsu, as well as the MMA community. I would like to say rest in peace to Stefan Bonner, also Anthony Rumble Johnson, Orlando Sanchez and Leandro Lowe. Uh, these four individuals passed away this year and they made a huge impact am- among the the BJJ as well as the MMA community. I can remember the fight with Stefan Bonner watching that and you know going wild over the crazy <laughs> exchanges those two had, of course, Griffin and, and uh, Stefan Bonner. you know, it changed the UFC forever as it was fledgling at the time i had always you know been a lifelong fan you know i was the person that would buy king of the cage 9 hour disc set and watch it all the way through you know i would buy the prides ufc on uh, i would you know rent it from the video store when they were uh, you know in vhs form so i've always been a fan of the ufc but that really brought it out those two fighting you know and anthony rumble johnson you know he had that powerful punch that would just lay people out at any size. And uh, he was just uh, such a great competitor to watch. And Orlando Sanchez, you know, um, I know I've had plenty of laughs with my uh, the people in my gym because we used to always try that uh, technique where you take the, <laughs> the arm under and, you know, not do it to hurt someone, but we would try it. And then we would laugh because it would be in recognition of that when he had that fight with Sean Strickland or that dust-up with Sean Strickland. So uh, that was just a funny thing that we always remembered about Orlando Sanchez. And uh, he was a pretty dominant character, uh, whether it's just his, his personality or with his grappling. But, all right, uh, so uh, rest in peace to all of those guys. You know, I wish the best for his family and for his, uh, the friends and, and those who are going to miss them. Okay, so next is also has been a good year because not only have I been able to uh, do the things that I want to do as far as as Jiu Jitsu is concerned, in terms of training all year long, training three to four times a week, teaching or coaching three to four times a week as, as well. I've been able to do that and I've been able to increase my level of Jiu Jitsu. And that's something that's always has been important to me. Also, I've seen many people get promoted. I just had the pleasure last night of watching uh, Coach Elijah, who was a guest on my show in the earlier uh, broadcast. He was prom- promoted to Black Belt last night. And so, you know, he's always been a good friend and, and uh, also an excellent coach. And then also, I had the, the opportunity last night to watch two friends, uh, you know, Mo, uh, Coach Mo, he was promoted to black belt, as well as John. John is a, a, a leg locker over there, and uh, he was promoted to black belt as well. So it was great seeing that. And also a number of the guys that I used to train with, I, I saw they were promoted to brown belt this year. And it was good to see those guys uh, move along as well. Coop, uh, out there in California. Uh, one of the people that follow my YouTube channel uh, all the time, uh, Anthony. He uh, was promoted to brown belt as well, congrats to him. And I hope I'm not leaving anyone out, but it was good to see people moving along and doing well in their jiu-jitsu career. Now, today, what I wanted to talk about is an issue that deals with how you approach grappling. It's whether you approach grappling from a process or results-oriented approach. Now, I'll explain it a, a little bit uh, you know, as I go along, but in communication and psychology, the terms results-oriented and process-oriented are used to describe people's approach to communicating with others, tackling tasks, and competing. Although neither approach is inherently good or bad, it is best to know which approach is more useful when training in sports. Before discussing how the process or results-oriented approaches relate to grappling, think about what type of grappler you are. Remember, there is no right or wrong here. You will just be assessing your approach. When you consider your overall grappling mindset, are you more concerned with progress or winning? Are you concerned about being the best you can be or being the best? In practice, do you work on the parts of your games you consider weak, or do you only rely on your strongest techniques against your rolling partners? When you compete, does a loss cause you to descend into a funk or do you recognize the good points of your performance? Now, first let's talk about the results-oriented grappler. Results-oriented people are concerned with the outcome. They want another victory in the win column to be called champion, and most importantly, they don't want to lose. Their desire to win is so great that the results-oriented person may adopt a win at any cost approach and not consider who is hurt or damaged in their pursuit of success. Results-oriented people as coaches can sometimes be the in-your-face, no-excuses type. In the academy, many people take the, the RO approach. The new student who thinks that losing a grappling match makes them less of a person the guy who always refuses to tap and the person who always wants top position or whose guard is so good that they always want to be on the bottom. What about the person who will hold one grip the entire role and you end up in a five minute stalemate? You know, I've, I've had that happen uh, before as well. A guy was saying that he was so tired that he held the spider guard on me. This was when I was, uh, uh, you know, I think around a bluebell, etc. He held the spider guard on me for the entire time. And not knowing how to break the spider guard, you know, um, consistently, that le- led to a stalemate in a very boring role. He apologized afterwards, but, you know, to spend five minutes with uh, in someone's spider guard with them not doing anything else except for trying to hold the grip, that can be troubling. But needless to say, after that, I was able to, I learned quickly how to break out of Spider guard in numerous different ways, and I never had that, that issue again. But back to what I was talking about earlier, all of those behaviors listed above are results-oriented approaches. It is difficult to say if it is the right or the wrong approach because it leads to mixed results. A win at all costs mentality often leads to victory in both practice and competition. I've tapped many times to grappling partners who have exploded into an armbar or footlock technique in practice. I've tapped to choke attacks that lasted well over 2 minutes in in regular grappling sessions. You know, I've even had guys place their toes over my mouth in attempts to get an armbar and after escaping I had to look for the you know, look for the camera to see if someone was shooting a fetish video. So in in other words, I'm saying that I've tapped a lot to what I consider slightly out-of-bound techniques and approaches. In those situations, I believe that my rolling partners wanted to tap even though it didn't seem like fair play and at the risk of my personal safety. Now, did I consider them bad people? No, not a single one. But I did consider some of their actions as misplaced in a training environment. In a competitive arena, results-oriented grapplers are right at home. A RO approach makes the grappler determined, it makes them work harder when it counts, choose the best strategies for the moment, and it makes them a formidable competitor. So now let's switch gears to the process-oriented approach. And I have to admit that I'm more of a process-oriented approach type of grappler. But the process-oriented person, also concerned with success, is also concerned with how that success occurs. They are concerned with their performance during the pursuit and will ask themselves questions such as, Did I perform better than last time or did I improve in the areas I was focusing on? I won, but did I play by the rules and show good sportsmanship? Or if I keep improving the way I am, will I be a champion? It is easy to recognize a process-oriented grappler once you know their mindset. It is the person in class who continuously works the weak spots in their game, in or his or her game rather, even when they, when that person knows he or she will lose or will be dominated in the grapple. It is the guy who is calm doing rolls even when the other person may be raging for a tap. As a coach, the process-oriented grappler is more concerned with his athletes or athletes doing their best and improving, as opposed to getting the victory. You can also say that process-oriented people focus more on the future, while results-oriented people focus more on the now. Which approach is better? In reality, both can be successful, and of course, there are winners of all types. Common sense would dictate that when dealing with people you are close to, training partners and teammates, you have to use a process-oriented approach because you have to respect each other's well-being and treat Each other how you would like to be treated going all out at all times and using a results oriented approach in your academy can lead to injuries loss of training partners and being banned it can also lead to lack of or loss of respect yet results oriented approaches can be useful in establishing a pecking order when first grappling with someone or during during an in-house competition it can also give the false appearance that someone is better than he or she is which can lead to promotions because they are always tapping people out. Because as a general rule, it is my contention that it will leave a grappler with holes in uh, his or her game as a concern is with winning and not developing an overall game. However, taps are respected. Taps are what people are looking for. And I just heard Nathan Orchard uh, say the other day on the, in an in interview on the podcast that he considers tapping people as the uh, I guess the apex of the sport in terms of uh, like a almost spiritual in a sense now I may have misquoted that a little bit but in other words he was saying that tapping people is really important however always using the process of oriented approach can lead to a person never developing that win at all costs mentality that is sometimes necessary in competition and absolutely vital in self-defense situations it can also lead to people gaining a mental advantage over the process-oriented grappler because, ultimately, a tap is a tap. Once people tap you, a hierarchy is established, whether, you, whether or not you let them tap you or uh, you placed yourself in a position where you were likely to be tapped. you know I believe that this approach, also the process-oriented approach, can hinder rank advancement as well. So which is best? It depends on your aims and goals, but how you approach grappling will determine your longevity, your relationships, and your overall success. Ultimately, the approach you take depends on the context and on you. Now, this is by no means settled. What are your thoughts? What type of grappler are you and how do you think it affects your training and overall success? You know, we have questions at the bottom, uh, especially on Spotify, that you guys can uh, answer. Also, you can contact me through email as well. And the links for the books are down in the, uh, the comment sections as well. So don't forget to buy the books on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Thank you guys for listening as always. And until next time, peace.